You're listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a photography podcast on both the creative aspects and business side of photography. Join the conversation on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And here's Petro and Sophia. Welcome back, everybody. Double Exposure Show with Sophia Lemon and Petro. This is episode number 28. And you can find the show notes at doubleexposure.show slash episode slash 28. Join our community on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And um, leave us a review on iTunes uh, by going to doubleexposure.show slash iTunes. Today we're going to be talking about mailing lists and things that go along with them, I guess. (laughs) Fair to say, I guess. That makes sense, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't it? So, yeah. Before we get into that, what's new, Sophia? I'm sick. (laughs) I tried to make that sound as nasally as possible, but I think I'm kind of just starting to get past that stage. Well, you you don't need to try too hard. You're kind of nasally all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because it's true. (laughs) Um, but it is, I actually find it really aggravating when I sound sick. Um, Hmm. but I had like a pretty nasty infection this week and like I got up Monday morning, I went to the gym, I felt like crap. I went to the doctor because, you know, we live in Canada so we can do shit like that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) got right in to see a nurse practitioner, got some drugs because again, I'm in Canada and we can do shit like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then spent all of Tuesday in bed and most of Wednesday in bed. And then uh, my massage therapist, um, I'm friends with him. So I was texting him and I was really sore. And he goes, come in Thursday. So we had like one appointment Thursday. (laughs) So I went in and I'm literally laying on the table like, I need to blow my nose. (laughs) And he's like, okay. So I'm blowing my nose and I'm like, this is awful. I'm like, you know what's the worst thing ever? Like um, having flu-like symptoms when you don't have the flu. So he's like, Hmm. I don't know what brought it up, but I said something about having a bunch of like junk in my lungs. So he goes, oh, I can fix that. I was like, what? (laughs) So yeah, apparently massage therapists can like knock all of the gunk out of your lungs. So he did. And literally driving home, I would breathe in like I had so much more room to breathe in, but I'd breathe in so much that my lungs hurt. <laughs> yep. Um, had that before. Yeah. It's nice though. It's not fun. He definitely cleared a lot out, but it was, it was disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before, and now that everybody turned their, uh, um, podcast players yeah off. well i didn't describe it or anything so if you're all grossed <laughs> out be glad you're not me <laughs> but it's you know what a lot of it can be we talk we can talk a lot about the importance of being healthy one while self-employed while working in this profession right you can't afford to be sick yeah and not just you know not just because you're not making money but simply because you are potentially letting people down and you know you're you not working obviously leads to not making money but um um there there's just so many obligations you know and not to not to add any more stress to the already somewhat stressful jobs that we have as photographers but uh, you know puts things into perspective so staying on top of your health is is probably a huge priority you know what's funny is i was actually planning on taking like a rest week this week i was going to go to the gym but i was going to do like light workouts and everything and mm-hmm. and then this hit so i just haven't been to the gym so i was like well, well good timing i guess um <laughs> a good excuse not to go to the gym yeah other than um like tuesday and wednesday i couldn't look at screens like it was pretty bad. I'd, yeah. I'd look at my phone screen and my eyes would start to go all like weird. And I'm like, oh, I'd like get my eyes would water and everything. And, um, but I was able to do some stuff and, mm. 
but yeah. Too. Maybe this is a result of a broken nail in New York. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So you promised to fill me in on the, the Drew Dudley and hat situation. Oh, right. <laughs> um, so hopefully all of you have seen the Drew Dudley photos that I did in New York on the Facebook group. If you haven't, you should probably join the Facebook group. Um, but so I was photographing Drew in Riverside Church and... It's a church and... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. <laughs> Drew has not spoken, um, I think, ever. I don't think he has ever given a speech without wearing a fedora. I guess I okay. should have prefaced this by saying Drew loves fedoras and also penguins. But anyway, um, so he took his fedora off when we went into the church but there was a guy sitting in the front row wearing a hat um, yeah. before we got started. So he just walked over to him and said, please tell me that you're wearing your hat for the entire presentation so that I don't feel guilty wearing mine. Um, but the church is, it's kind of, I mean, they have, I think it's Baptist um, services, but it, they, they have a lot of secular events that take place in the church, okay. um, which obviously his was. So there was a long discussion about um, whether it's rude for him to wear his hat in the church and everyone there just decided it's fine. But <laughs> I, I said something to the effect of, you know, the, the rules about hats in, in religion are very confusing. If it makes anyone feel better, some people wear hats. Sometimes some people wear hats all of the time. Some people cannot wear hats. Like it's very, very confusing. Well, it's it's basically whatever you want. You make it up. You write it down, and then a bunch of years later, you know, yeah. a bunch of years goes by, and then we just think it's rules. Yep. Well, here's a tip so, for everyone. It is what it is. Um, if you're photographing a wedding in a church, take your hat off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you're photographing a wedding and you're wearing a hat. If, if, Take your hat well, off. <laughs> yes, if you're participating in a secular event, I guess you can wear a hat. I don't know. Maybe. If you're Jewish, you have to wear a little hat. <laughs> Although they're <laughs> but not that's called what hats. I was saying. And like, priests wear hats. Obviously, I, I know they're not called hats. No one like <laughs> yell at me or anything. They're toques. But, yeah. <laughs> um, women are allowed to wear hats like all the that's time. Right. Um, but men can only wear hats outdoors or something. And I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. It's not it's, something I want to get into. Very and, I, and I'm really asking everybody to like refrain from sending us your feedback because let's just leave religion out of that. <laughs> it is fascinating. It, it, it sure is. <laughs> so, but, but the reality is that we find ourselves, um, especially for our listeners who are wedding photographers or want to be a wedding photographer or oh. ha have been asked to do a wedding and, you know, it's just your style to wear a hat. You're pretty much safe if you're, if you're female. Um, I don't know of any denomination that would require you to remove your hat unless it's offensive. I mean, wow. right? Then it's not professional anyways. I, I, I like. yeah, and I have noticed that, especially around here where people are still a little bit old fashioned, um, or there's a high concentration of people who are a little bit old fashioned, that people right. really respond differently to women wearing hats than they do to men. We are getting way off topic. I feel like we could get into a gender conversation here, but um say that for another day <laughs> so let's rewind to the beginning oh fantastic so that so that's great i guess drew was allowed to wear a hat and yeah. everybody was happy fantastic. <laughs> yeah. great you're sick oh i know sorry to hear that sophia i hope you get well soon. <laughs> thanks um <laughs> what's new with you <laughs> you know what i felt like i was getting sick and then i didn't well that's you didn't it. get it from me <laughs> <laughs> um it's kind, of, it's kind of been a nice week, actually. Um, for those of you who don't, don't know, it's a Friday. We're recording on a Friday for our next episode coming up on a Wednesday. And I don't even remember where Monday was because uh, Monday I teach. And um, we... Um, I'm, getting, I'm being interrupted. <laughs> um, by whom? By Tank. It's the dog, not the wife. 
Well, it's Tank and Hannah. <laughs> Hi, Hannah. <laughs> Sophia says hello. Bye. <laughs> she says bye. <laughs> okay, you know that video that just recently surfaced on CNN or whatever? It's like went super viral where there's like a businessman doing a, an interview. I think it's with CNN. And his his kids run in. Oh, yeah. And his wife comes in. <laughs> this literally just happened. Was that a real <laughs> not, thing? Not, yeah, it was oh, real. Oh, God, that's awful. I know. And they're like beating on each other in the background? Um, that might have been a joke. <laughs> but um, I don't know. The, he was he was just given an interview and then his wife, uh, his kids ran in and his wife ran after the kids and grabbed them and like tried to duck out of the camera's <laughs> view. And it just looks super awkward. What What makes me laugh is that she's... She's Oriental or Asian or whatever you want to call her, and yeah, don't say um, Oriental. <laughs> no, no. Okay, I don't. I don't Asian. know. I, Asian or more I don't specific. know. Anymore. I don't know. Uh, English isn't my first or second language, so <laughs> I just pick things up on the street and repeat them. Um, and well, anyways, everybody automatically assumed that she was the housekeeper. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, that's neither here nor there about about my week um with with so much to do as far as uh, editing putting things together making clients happy mm-hmm. uh, i i haven't done any photography it's all been post production administration work and time flies when you do that like it, anytime i have a photo shoot if i have a photo shoot at like 9am and then another one at 1pm by the time i'm done my day the 9am photo shoot seems like it was like 2 days ago <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but <clears throat> it just feels like I've accomplished so much. Um, whereas anytime I have not much to do, but more like admin computer work, whatever, it feels like I did it all in an afternoon, but really a whole week goes by. So really, as far as something new, nothing too exciting to talk about. Uh, we're just nearing an end to our semester at the college and um, a little bit of stress, a little bit of frustration and a little bit of uh can't wait for summer mm-hmm. <laughs> dude know, so. i was so ready for spring and then it snowed yesterday yeah it was awesome it was one of the best days with the snow <laughs> oh i love snow you know that my, you know i'm a snow junkie my friend's flight from halifax to toronto was canceled and then delayed by like he probably had to wait like five hours to get on a plane yuck it rained pretty hard here too. It just rained? Weather, <laughs> like really hard, like to the point where I had a hard time driving home. But you know what? <laughs> weather, weather's weather. It's one of those things that we can't control. And so I never really, it doesn't really bother me. You know, even if it was a wedding, it wouldn't really bother me uh, because it literally is something I have no control over. And I, I can't change it by being angry or by being upset or by using an excuse or by talking about it so i just roll with the punches mm-hmm. probably the best thing you can do <laughs> well but, aren't you cool <laughs> oh yeah like as a cucumber <laughs> speaking of a cucumber did you see that uh, photo on facebook that of tank and a cucumber <laughs> i don't remember the cucumber no yeah, you you'll have to go through my timeline oh my God. And, and see. Go it. through your timeline. <laughs> he uh, he got uh, he was really bored one day, and uh, to get her attention, sometimes he steals items and brings them to his bed um, <laughs> because he knows he'll get attention. He knows that it will be like tank. Don't do that. And so the other day, he stole a cucumber off the kitchen counter. Yeah, that's great. And he, he brought it on his bed. <laughs> so, but uh, speaking of college. Um, Funny enough, this last Monday, we were actually talking about mailing lists. Yep. Um, and um, so I can't wait to get into that. Let's uh, let's get started and see what we have. Okay, what do you have? I don't have <laughs> Okay. You need a mailing list. Have a nice yeah, day. Yeah, all right. So we talked about Facebook last week. Um, I, you can pretty much encompass all social media in the Facebook conversation. Um, you some people are able to build awesome communities on social media and it works really well for them Um, but it's not really a guaranteed uh, platform Um, what will be like 
amazing <laughs> is a mailing list. Um, a mailing list could be the most powerful digital tool that you have in your marketing toolbox um, because you're sending information about yourself, your services directly into people's inboxes. They are pretty much guaranteed to see it um, as long as they subscribed and you're not landing in their junk mail. Um, and it's a great way to have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with tons of people all at the same time. So it's a really good way to build um, <clears throat> sort of a more intimate relationship with, with people um, who are following you. <clears throat> uh, what do you want to say about it before we get into the... Well, to, to recap or to kind of pre-qualify why we're talking about mailing lists and uh, social media. So the, so the aspect of social media is, is fantastic to connect to new individuals to using that platform. Um, you are going to get into situations where there are some clients that just don't use Facebook as often. Don't you, they're just not on social media or they're not really sure what to do because they're, they're connecting with so many people on social media. So you kind of have to stand out. You, you can use social media as a great tool to capture your audience and to add them to your database. So essentially build your database of clients, potential clients, future clients, past clients, um, and uh, even your kind of street team, your evangelists, your, you know, team warriors, whatever you want to call them. Because, um, when you give a customer a great experience and you uh, keep in touch with them, they're going to become your ambassador. Um, they're going to become somebody who talks about you. Uh, I currently have a client who texts me two, three times a week with contacts of new clients mm -hmm. all the time. And he really doesn't get much out of it uh, except for pure enjoyment of like connecting people with a service provider that he had a good uh experience with right so this, this this is all this all can stem from your database as and it allows you to keep in touch with your client um so you you definitely need a mailing list you definitely need to be active with it you definitely should be thinking if you don't have it yet how do i um keep current uh, <clears throat> if you if you take a look at uh kind of popular culture at the um current social influence, if you will, everybody likes to kind of keep uh, informed and read the news or watch the news on TV or anything like that, right? Um, that's kind of what you're doing is you're constantly keeping uh, in the in people's loop. Um, you're constantly sneaking in there uh, and, and letting them know um, that, you know, they shouldn't forget about you, who, you know, who, who you still are, what you're working on, um, Definitely a great way to give people incentives to reconnect with you, uh, but also a great way to kind of dish out some advice too and make them feel like you are an integral part to either their wedding planning or their, you know, just somebody who will catalog their, their life and somebody who will forever keep their memories alive, so to speak, right? There's a lot of power to it. So, but... Having said that, how do people get started? Like, do I just start writing people's emails on a sheet of paper? Do I do it? Sorry, you know, that was rude. That's... I shouldn't have laughed. Um, <laughs> no, you well, want to sign up for, um, sorry, my chair is too far away from my desk. Um, you want to sign up for. <laughs> First world problems. Yeah. <laughs> for a mailing list software. Um, there's lots of them out there. Um, I think the two most popular for small businesses are MailChimp and Constant Contact. I use MailChimp. Petro uses MailChimp. Um, yep. I have used um, Constant Contact, but not a long time, so I can't give you any tips on that one. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I don't really want to get into too much detail on um, actually running MailChimp so sign up for MailChimp if you haven't already and sign up for their um, email tips because they, yes. they send pretty good email tips to new um, new users and use that. Um, and the cool thing about MailChimp is it's actually a lot easier to use than 
the other platforms. Yeah, <clears> like I've tried out a few of them. Like it's drag and, and drop. You can pop your pictures in there. You don't have to worry about your email being formatted correctly because MailChimp handles that for you. Um, yeah, it's really handy. And it's free for like up to 2,000 subscribers, I believe. Uh, 2,000 subscribers and then they give you a limit on the emails you can send each month. Oh. We should have done this research beforehand. Doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. It's more than enough. That's the beauty part. That's true. Um, and if your mailing list is growing that much, it's not expensive to um, to use MailChimp. So if you need to up your account, I think it's like $10 a month. Um, yeah, it's not expensive. Just do it. <laughs> so I want to get something else out of the way. And it, and it doesn't just relate to MailChimp and paying for the service on a monthly basis but any and all services that you do have to pay for on a monthly basis. So with uh, using MailChimp as an example, they give you a free account for up to 2,000 people, mm-hmm. etc. And that's that's a big amount of, that's a huge amount of people. Because even if you, let's say you do a bridal show and you get a mailing list of 1,500 people who attended this bridal show, you can import all those 1,500 people into your MailChimp uh, client, email client, mailer thingy, just by simply taking that Excel spreadsheet that they mail you and inputting it into MailChimp. Well, you'll find that the minute you sent out a single campaign, like 25% of the people are just going to unsubscribe. Yeah. Um, Which is a great thing. You know, I'll be honest with you. And then as you continue sending out other mail campaigns, you'll see new subscribers, other old subscribers. And the analytics of uh, MailChimp are fantastic because it tells you who opens your emails, who forwards them, how many times they've been opened. It even assigns a star rating to the people in the mailing list, which later you can even give a small incentive to the people who are rated five stars, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's, it's super, super cool. But one of the biggest, um, I don't want to say challenges, but uh, what's the word I, am I looking for? Here? I can't uh, tell you. <laughs> <laughs> one of the biggest pushbacks I get from people who I recommend MailChimp to is they're saying, oh, yeah, but you got to pay for it when you get more than 2000 Oh, my God. Okay. Call. Just let me say something about this. If you have more than 2,000 subscribers to your Mm -hmm. email list, and these are people who are opening your emails, um, then you should be paying for it because it should be doing a lot for you. Um, Exactly. So so this is 2,000 real people who check their email. So one of the things that I'm going to recommend is that occasionally you purge your mailing list. So like Petro said... MailChimp gives each subscriber a star rating. So people who open your emails a lot, who click on your links and stuff like that, will get five stars, for example. And there will be people who are ranked uh, one star, two star, three stars, for example. You might go through your list every once in a while and delete those people. Like manually. Yeah, delete those yeah. people. You can clean it yeah, up. Manually, manually unsubscribe them. This will keep your um, numbers down. It will also keep your your mailing list ranking up. Um, and then, well, and that's the beauty part as you get, as, as you start cleaning up your list and if you do get 2000 people who are constantly opening up your emails, there's going to be people who engage with oh, you. Yeah. So the return on investment is going to be huge. It's going to be fantastic. So if you need to pay for more room, that means that you're making money, right? Um, and same applies for other services like Photoshop cloud, uh, or Adobe Cloud, rather, uh, you know, oh, no, you have to pay a subscription to use Photoshop. Well, you're making money with it. So that's okay, right? That's that's cost of doing business. Um, oh, no, I'm running out of room in my iCloud drive or my Dropbox and that they want more money. Well, there's a reason why you're running out because you're making money because it's a business. So spend your money. It's, it's okay. (laughs) You know, let me spend your money. It's not a problem. So, so so start, start your MailChimp list, contact, constant contact list, whatever platform you decide to go with, um, and start building it and work with it, learn how to use it, find out what works for you for, um, for your mailing list. And, by the time you get to 2,000 subscribers, you should be 
prepared to pay for it. Yes. At that point, it should be making you money. Um, yeah. So I think, what do, you, what do you do when you create your MailChimp list? Or I, I should stop saying that. When, what do you create your <laughs> mailing list? <laughs> um, so MailChimp, for example, has um, its own subscribe form for uh, for every user. However, you should probably first put a form on your website. So if you're using WordPress, for example, there are plugins that let you connect your WordPress to your... What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, what were you doing? (laughs) Uh, It's a plastic bottle that fell between the chair and the desk. It's so awkward. I can't move. So I had to remove it. And I muted the audio, which I think doesn't... Well, it it will mute in the recording, but it doesn't mute the Skype call. So (laughs) nobody else heard it. So literally, it's going to be like quiet and you asking, what are you doing? (laughs) Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So if you have WordPress, for example, you can connect your WordPress to your MailChimp and um, have people sign up that way. So you can put... um, a form so put the form on your website you can put it in the footer your footer of your um email sorry of your website and then also put it in the signature of your email at email um and add it to your social profiles um on your website i also recommend putting it reasonably front and center um I know with photographers, you want people to go to your website and email you directly, um, but you you want to make your mailing list front and center enough because people are often doing research. They might end up coming to your website through Pinterest or Facebook. They're not actually looking to book someone, um, but they might want your updates and getting them into your email list um, would be a great way to keep top of mind so that when they are looking for a photographer, they already know who to go to. So find a way to make it you know, front and center enough. Um, you can do that by adding it to your blogs. Um, like if you like this content, subscribe to my mailing list for more. Um, one of the things that I do is I create free resources, which I share on social media and stuff like that. And, uh, like my picture perfect guide. So people, um, want to join my mailing list because they get the picture perfect guide. Um, you can offer a discount. Um, one way to do this might be to have a pop-up on your website. Um, they can be a little bit aggravating. So have it make your pop-up sort of an exit um, intent pop-up. So this means if someone's on your website and it looks like they're going to leave your website, the pop-up co- pops up and says, hey, wait, before you go, sign up for my mailing list to get more, <laughs> like, more of my updates, stuff like that. <clears throat> I wanted to ask your opinion on those things because... I've realized that people don't read anymore, which is which is funny because here we are telling telling you to send a body of words to potential clients. But oh, people read um, emails for sure. People read emails, but they don't read pop ups. Yeah. Um, whenever a pop up comes up, there's sort of a panic, and you just look for ways to close things. Right. So I wanted to ask your opinion what you thought about you know um, having pop ups. Plus. So many people are blocking pop-ups still, which is kind of really Uh, annoying. I don't think Adblocker appropriately blocks pop-ups, though, because the pop-ups I'm talking about are for the website. They're not necessarily ads, right? And they're usually usually asking people to join a mailing list. Um, And that might be connected to some sort of discount or something like that. So you go to a right. mattress website, a pop-up comes up saying $50 off your next mattress order um, if you sign up for our mailing list. <clears throat> um, yes, usually ad blockers don't really block these types of pop-ups. Um, make it an exit intent pop-up so that it doesn't annoy people. They're already going to leave. It just sort of catches their attention um, with with an incentive for them to join your mailing list. Um I have heard that you shouldn't have these pop-ups show up on um, on mobile devices because that can hurt your Google ranking. Um, most good pop-up plugins will let you um, not display pop-ups on mobile devices. <sighs> I think they're good. They are pretty effective. They can be really annoying. 
um, the the pop up plugin that I use is um, I think it's called Convert plugin or something like that. Um, okay. And it's really good, so I can target specific pages um, or categories or blog posts, so I can choose where my pop ups show up. And this is a plugin for WordPress. Yes. Perfect. Great advice. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> you should also add your clients, family members, and friends to your mailing list. Um, before we get too far with, with adding and before people get too happy about adding, um, you should familiarize yourself with the legislation in Canada about <laughs> spamming people. Because you can't just randomly add people to a mailing list. Yeah. Um, Right. You can send them an invitation, so to speak, and say, hey, this is what happened. But essentially, they have to ask to be added by themselves. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. So Petra was saying um, about bridal shows providing you with email addresses. I don't know why they do this, but the bridal show will send you a um, list of email addresses. And they the people will have to check whether they will... Like a bride will be asked, are you okay with vendors emailing you? And they'll have to check yes or no. And then you'll get, um, you'll get a list of email addresses with both the answer yes and the answer no. <laughs> it's because they're lazy. What they should do so, is they should just delete the ones. I with, know, you know, but you know, but. it's, you're going to have to check this list and you're going to have to remove all of the no's. Um, so which is very easy to it do. It is really easy. Because, just yeah. just make sure that you do that before you add them to your to your mailing list. Now, <clears throat> I I can see it both ways because technically, if it's a if they check off no, it's not okay to to email me. There's nothing stopping you from calling them. True. And I know that everybody's af deathly afraid of the telephone lately, and I I can have I can host an entire podcast on people not wanting to talk on the phone because it's super annoying and super frustrating. Yep. Pick up the phone and call me. <laughs> you know, I would love that instead of texting. Now, I am driving half my life. I'm all over the place. I'm moving from this place to that place to that place. So you can't text while you drive. So that could be one reason. But I'm just finding that young professionals starting up today, you know, starting up now, so people in their kind of like young, early 20s, they hate calls. Everybody wants to text. And I mean, you and I kind of talked about this too. You, you'd rather text than call. Mm -hmm. right? That's most but, of my clients though, right? <clears throat> like most of my clients yeah. would rather text. So yeah. And I fine. mean, which is great, but I really don't mind, you know, reaching out, um, to somebody, especially somebody I may have met somebody that whom I know, somebody yeah. who doesn't have a photographer and just reaching out and saying, Hey, my name is Petro. I'm calling from Lux Photography. I was wondering if blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Now, a lot of these uh, venues will also provide uh, addresses, physical <coughs> addresses. So you could even do kind of a physical address mail <clears throat> campaign. And you have to be really careful because a lot of these people already have photographers and you're, you're just kind of wasting your time. Yeah. But, you know, it. I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind having all of that information there just in case because... You could potentially connect with somebody or they could email you another another time and you can still reconnect with them and add them to your mailing list. Yep. So <clears throat> moving forward, um, th that's, I want to talk about building a mailing list. So like, basically that's, that's what we started talking about. That's what you said about bridal shows. You will get, you will get mailing lists. Yeah. Um, so you will get emails from brides who do want to hear from photographers. So what's the next step? What, what other, what other ways can you... Be, you know, so what else can you do? I automatically add my clients to my mailing list. Yeah. Um, I ask family and friends if they'd like to join. Um, in some cases, I have manually added them because it's like my mother. And I'm like, she'll like my emails, whatever. <laughs> um, again, add the people from wedding shows. Make sure that you're not adding the people who said no, they didn't want any um, email communication. Although, side note, why did they give their email address? If they didn't want email communication, <laughs> do you know how do you know how these um, this information is collected? The 
when when people enter the bridal show, yeah. they're giving a ballot, and the ballot says name, address, um, where's your wedding, what you, when is your wedding date, mm-hmm. what city you're getting married, you know, your email address, and because all this information is a ballot, it's a ballot to win a prize, to win a free yeah. dress, or to win That's whatever. That's irritating. Well, it is irritating. Like you should be but, smarter than that. <laughs> well. But I don't want them to be smart. No, no, not you. I, I mean the bride. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yes. Okay. Like if, if you don't, if you don't want emails, then don't fill out the ballot. Like right. But people <sighs> automatically think that if they don't put the email down, that they might not be filling out the ballot completely, yeah. and that perhaps for some odd reason they're not going to win this, you know, great, amazing prize. So they're definitely going to put all the information yeah. down. Um, well, that's fine. So yeah, uh, add clients, family, and friends to your list. Like I said, um, I have the freebies, the free resources. So I share that on social media. I actually go into different groups on Facebook. Like I'll join different types of groups, um, communities on Google and share them on Pinterest. And I'll actually share these things. Um to draw people towards my mailing list. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> how else would you, how else are you looking <laughs> well, it's pre- to? We pretty much kind of covered the, the most common ways. <laughs> um, I, I would also say that as you meet with clients mm-hmm. um, face-to-face, ask them to add, right. oh. to be added to the mailing list. So one of the things that I do is I have my email form. So people go to my website and fill out the email form, email me about a wedding, a portrait session, whatever. And then as soon as they submit that form, I have a little thing that shows up and says, hey, um, in the meantime, join my mailing list because I send out like event notices, um, contest information, and other resources that you might find useful. Uh, So that's a good way to get people into my mailing list as well. For sure. You can have a little box on your... uh, on your email form that says click here to subscribe to my mailing list. Um, lots of people do that. I kind of prefer to have it as a second thing because, you know, they submit it and then they're like, Oh, what is this? And then I can actually give more of an explanation of what it is. Um, what else? Okay. <clears throat> so what are you going to send to your mailing list? Um, well, cause Here's the thing, people, you actually have to send stuff to your mailing list for it to work. (laughs) So you're not just creating this list. And then like once a year when you're having a Valentine's contest, sending out an email about your Valentine's contest, you should be sending on a regular schedule. And like I am a member of some mailing lists where like they send like three emails a day. That's a little excessive. I think once a day is a little excessive. I try to do like once a week. I at least send once a month. I have my mailing list segmented, so I will send different content to different parts of my mailing list, depending on what those people are interested in. So I could be sending people um, an email once a week. Um, But basically... You want to get on a regular schedule, a regular sending schedule, and you want it to be reasonably frequent because you want people to remember you. Um, But in your emails, you basically want to solve some sort of problem for them. Um, I could sit here and say you want to make it interesting, but more than interesting, you want to make it a problem solved for them because that's going to Mm -hmm. be interesting for them. what you can send are you can set expectations for people. So sort of give them a little bit more information about um, what you do, what your price structure is like. So that when people are getting in contact with you from your mailing list, they're not surprised like, oh my God, your weddings cost $3,500. I had no idea. Or, oh my God, um, an album costs $2,500. I had no idea. Right. <laughs> um, you can send newsletters, you can send resources and additional content, you can notify them of promos and events. Um, these are all things that you can send to them. What sorts of things have you sent to your mailing list, Petro? So since we were on the topic of bridal shows, one of the things uh, that I that I would send out to the bridal show prospects, 
uh, would be just a follow-up um, and a thank you for coming out and a call to action to book uh, before the um, the week is over, so to speak, because the bridal show um, special was has been extended. Yeah. Right. And I'll be honest with you, we t- when we talked about bridal shows, um, we were booking people at the bridal show due to the bridal show special. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have booked these people and you have their email addresses, remove them quickly from this mailing list campaign so that they don't go like, hey, you told me that this is just yeah. <laughs> during the show, right? So just kind of do a little housekeeping and then add them on later, but... Um, to everybody who hasn't booked for whatever reason, uh, we, we, I send up a follow, follow up and I, I will take out a small portion. Um, so like if we offered uh, $500 print credit, it might only be $200 print credit as a show special or, or whatever. Right. But else it'll, it'll be like show extended just in case somebody sees it, yeah. uh, who booked at the show. They're not like, you know, Hey, I thought you told me that you're only going to do it this year. <laughs> That was such a sales pitch. So, and on on average, we've booked another three weddings just by sending out a, a mail campaign, yeah. like within within a week. Uh, there's been times where two, three months goes by and somebody will email back to the original uh, email, kind of like, yeah, so I was wondering if I could book this. And so... I will tell them absolutely come on in. We'll we'll discuss it, et cetera, et cetera. And then I I, you know, I book them at the current prices, so to speak, and just try to do something else. But the point is, it works. It works because it allows me to reach out even further. Um, other emails that we sent out, um, they they include a random kind of stuff. So uh, we've sent out emails just kind of saying what we've done um, and anytime there's new product available. So when we started printing our own canvas and offering canvases, we sent out an email about that with a couple of canvases actually on people's walls. Mm-hmm. There was one of Hannah holding a 40 by 60 inch canvas just to show the sheer size of it. Um, uh, we send out a couple of behind the scenes uh uh, just saying that, you know, we're slowing down and we would like to uh, kind of congratulate everybody who's got married and, you know, give them an incentive to order product if they haven't. And this typically will go out to our clients whose wedding we photographed. So I wouldn't send this out to everybody. But uh, if I photographed, you know, let's say 50 weddings in the last however months, um I will send out an email to those 50 people saying, okay, we're winding down with our season. Um, and as, as we approach Christmas, we're offering an additional um, incentive on ordering an album. And it could be something simple like um, order, order an album and receive a 16 by 24 inch canvas or receive $200 towards print credit or uh, receive free parent books, which is something we do a lot. So we reconnect with people that we met or haven't met or didn't get a chance to meet at bridal shows. Um, We kind of tell them what's new, what's happening, and we give them an incentive to book or an incentive to spend more money on product after the fact. And really, for us, it's kind of just more or less housekeeping, keeping in touch. And for any, for any time there's about new business, um, we kind of rely on uh, mailing lists for from weddings and whatnot. Sorry, from wedding shows yep. and whatnot. <clears throat> what I like about your mailing list is you you kind of you educate quite a bit, um, like when you did the one about headshots when you know. So there's a lot of opportunities to, to do many different things. One thing that you have to do is actually follow through with it. Right? <laughs> so, and then make sure you're ready for it because if you send out, um, sort of like a blog post type email saying that everybody needs a professional headshot and, you know, I do professional headshots and I would like to do your professional headshots and then people start calling you. You can't be surprised. You you can't be like, oh shoot, I didn't really want this. I just wanted to send out emails. Yep. <laughs> so make sure you know that what you're doing is you're asking for business, and just make sure you want to ask for the certain type of business. Yep. 
Um, one of my, one of the pieces of advice I would give is to try to sign up for other photographers mailing lists and see what they're doing so you can learn from what they're doing. And, um, even if you have friends who are photographers who have mailing lists, ask them what is working for them. Uh, because a lot of this will, will depend also on demographics. So I know the email list itself is kind of free of the geographical rules. It doesn't care where people are. You can send out what you want to whoever you want, but I find people's spending habits is really impacted by your geographical location and uh, basically the demographics in a certain area, right? Like if you live in a rural community where it's mostly farmers and you are trying to push high-end weddings, you might not be reaching out to all to the proper client. So you, does that make sense? Or am I kind of rambling now? (laughs) Um, But that is a good point. You were talking about um, educating people. So I send out a lot of articles. Like I do a lot of blogging on a wedding inspiration, wedding how to's portrait how to's stuff like that. Um, just educating my potential clients on how photography works and how they can, you know, best prepare for their session so that their photos are exactly what they want. I send them a lot. And the funny thing is you can, you can actually send out, um, an email, um, not really anecdotal, but, sort of like uh, basic tips for, you know, being in front of the camera. So not necessarily wedding related, but even, even like basic tips when taking pictures of your kids and you can include in there, uh, you know, if you photograph children, you can include a variety of images of uh, children you photographed of kids that you photographed, and they're going to be better than anything that your client has ever taken. So even though you're you're kind of doing them a service by trying to educate them on you know how to how to get your kid to smile how to how to properly take a picture you you might want to talk about framing composition rule of thirds whatever don't don't go over their head on this even though you'll you'll do that at the end of it you're still reaching they might look at it and go oh that's super helpful from Sophia or from Petro that they're doing that but you're still a marketing tool to them because they'll still call you for the photography because they're st- they still value professional photography and they still want photos just like the photos that you sent them in an email, right? So a lot of times um, you're asking for the sale by actually offering a helping hand, so to speak. Yep. Um, and it works. Yeah. It works really well. Um, but uh, back to something I was talking about, uh, signing up for other photographers' mailing lists mm. and seeing what they're doing. Uh, it's not a bad idea to see what people are doing in the U.S., for example, in the southern states, in on the West Coast, on the East Coast, and kind of compare and maybe borrow some of these ideas and implement them for yourself. Because what you're doing is you're, you're essentially doing market research, right? It's like, it's the same as Googling, <laughs> hey, how do I do this? It's, you know, by being, by being on the receiving end of another photographer, um, you can learn quite a bit and... I, to this day, like I subscribe to about half a dozen of lists. Um, to this day, I get some really wicked lists from people that I go, wow, this is a great idea. I wish I kind of thought of this or I wish I could implement it. And some things, you know, would work. Some things won't. For example, this whole seniors uh, portraits. Um, I'm kind of glad it's losing traction a little bit because uh, we just like talking about geographical areas and demographics, etc. What comes to your mind when people say seniors, Sophia? <laughs> you think I'm going to say like senior citizens, but. <laughs> because that would be the right answer. <laughs> At what point, when you went to high school, did you ever use the term senior? Oh, no, that is like an American thing. <clears throat> it is an American thing. So why are we all of a sudden doing senior portraits? Like, Well, because if, someone copied American it from someone in the States. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I'm, I'm looking at it with, with uh, you know, with, with it's a double-edged sword yes copy things from the u.s but call but make sure you cater to your demographics to your geographical area don't all of a sudden send out a mailer because i saw a ton like i, I followed quite a few people in ontario in london even who all of a sudden it was like overnight 
I'm offering senior portraits now. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to be like, oh my gosh, please stop <laughs> using that term. But whatever, to each their own. Okay, side note, um, I was asked yeah. the other day if I do um, funeral portraits. And Amazing. by that they meant the deceased. Okay. I was like, I don't. <laughs> like, why not? There could be a lot of money in that. And I was like, I don't think that that would match my brand you know ridiculously Absolutely. happy people <laughs> they're dead like, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> ridiculously deceased people <laughs> oh my oh goodness my God. yes um, but you you get where i'm coming yes from. like follow and, and copy people don't plagiarize though that's right oh yeah mm -hmm. absolutely there's so much plagiarism everywhere oh my like God. you I, can't I, help it like every photographer's website is the same and i think i have um yeah. told you this where it's like choosing a photographer is hard but we make it easy like <laughs> yeah so or you much. know what what my um one of my biggest it wasn't it's not really a pet peeve but it's something i roll my eyes at is when people describe themselves mm -hmm. and i did this as a joke once for for a class um I think I was creating either like a Pinterest account or an Etsy account and it's still up. And somebody called me out on that. They're like, you say this all the time and here's yours. And I was kind of embarrassed. But when people describe themselves as like in like point form, you know, father, dog lover, <laughs> husband, I'm just like lame. Stop it. <laughs> I want to see what my website says now. Although my Twitter, my, my Twitter is like that. I think. Okay, that's fine. Wait, that's, no, that's I want to totally see what fine. it says. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I photograph ridiculously happy people, love baseball and chocolate. Co-host of Double Exposure Show, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's okay. It's <laughs> no, it's I just that when you when you go into the lameness, when you when you're totally like starting to peel the the layers of lameness, you know, so you get this onion and it's a lame onion, and you just start peeling all these layers, and it's just <laughs> the the more you peel, the lamer it is. Okay, wait. And, <laughs> on my about page on my website, yeah. I I said I wrote on the family piano as a child, which I did. I wrote on on the piano like I scratched my name into it. Yeah. Um, and then it says I play a lot of baseball and I love chocolate. So, but all of these things, things are, are true. okay. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I play baseball is cool. I play I play football. I play soccer. I I love Scrabble. All of these things are, are cool. It's just that the hipster things that we kind of include there, you know, like I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm the only one who has this problem, who who kind of just says, you know what, be as real as possible. Stop trying to copy everybody. Because somebody somewhere did it once and everybody was like, whoa, I got to do this. Yeah. No, right. yeah, be so, yourself. And this is um, where I want so to So this will next. help you. Sorry. Yeah, and this will help you connect with your, with your audience. Because by not being fake, by being yourself, as you create these campaigns, it will be evident that they're actually connecting with kind of like a real human being. And where where you can really screw up is that if you oversell yourself on social media or your website or however um, as this one person and then you decide to start doing mailing campaigns and you don't use the same language in your email, you know, yeah. like people are going to have a hard time connecting with you because you may potentially um, reach out and appeal to a, a certain audience that might be like, this isn't really the same person. Yeah. It's not really a huge problem to have though. Just kind of like, housekeeping things you know hey by the way make sure you do this so just to recap my my original point um don't don't plagiarize <laughs> don't just copy stuff yeah. but you know take it all with a grain of salt um so the next part is how you format your emails um and this is pretty simple um use their name <laughs> their f name yes their f name <laughs> <laughs> Um, say hello, Petro or whomever, um, share a story. So, you know, format it like you're having, like you would send a friend an email address or email, but it like, um, <clears throat> be professional, um, mm -hmm. and give something of value in all of your emails. 
So you're going to educate them on something. Um, you're going to give them some insight into how to make their portraits perfect or how to take photos of their kids or um, how they can get this discount for a session or how to decorate their home <laughs> or how much it's going to cost them to decorate their home, for example. So you're going to give them something of value. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then just playing off what Petra was saying, um, you know, speak in your voice. <laughs> Be consistent. Yeah. So, so to give people some ideas, or not really ideas, but to share of what I'm, I'm like my list of things to to do mailing list, my mailing list ideas, my train of thought has derailed, Dude, honestly. <laughs> I hear you. I can't even blame it on morning. I'm blaming it on Friday because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Yeah. I don't have anything this weekend. So, but anyways, um, on my list of ideas, like uh, you and I talked about this, but I want to do a video uh, for my next mailing campaign where it's um, uh, how, how to choose the right size print yeah. or canvas for your home. And it, it's super easy. And I mean, I know how to do it. I know how to properly do it. And I tell my customers, but by doing this video and saying it, sending it out to everybody, I'm hoping that it's useful enough for people to start sharing. Yeah. And as people share it, as they go, oh man, this is such a great idea. I'm going to send it to so-and-so. You're essentially getting them to be your ambassador and marketing for you. And that's that's the goal. So try to come up with ideas that will get people excited to either talk about you or engage with you or, you know, recommend others to do that. Yep. That's, that's really about okay, it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so let's see. So lastly. What? Um. You ha make sure you know to measure your, um, I want to say success, but me measure your effectiveness. Yeah. So review, how long would you say you would it would take? Would, would you take a week or two weeks to review how effective your campaign was? Uh, probably like 24 hours. <laughs> 24 hours. <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 24 hours will, will say a lot because people check their email a lot. Yeah. But I mean, <clears throat> some people don't check their email that often or they just come back to it. So I, I review it about a week later. I just kind of see, okay, what happened a week later. And the cool thing is, and why I use MailChimp is because there's a bar graph that shows you. Yeah. Okay, like 54% of the people open their opened your email same day within like four hours. And then 30% opened it the day after. And then few few later a few later a few later etc so um a week after the campaign i kind of look at things and go okay well you know this this one went really well how does it compare to a previous campaign about something else oh this this campaign did did a little bit better and learn from each campaign learn from each time you send things out about what works what doesn't um lastly uh what is the most effective day to send an email on day and time when would you actually well, send out an email i usually send my emails on mondays um the time is depending <laughs> um you can actually let mailchimp for example choose when the best time is to send it and it gauges that based on what time your uh subscribers open your emails exactly so, how cool is that yeah so um Go ahead. Sounds like you were going to say something. Oh, no. You go ahead. But I don't want okay, to. Okay, fine. I was just going to recap what we've talked okay. about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so first, a couple platforms that you guys might look at. Uh, MailChimp and Constant Contact. Both of them have free options. Although you might have to pay a little bit extra once you reach so many subscribers. But believe us, by the time you get there, your mailing list should be doing a lot to uh, make you money. Um... What's next? Um, <laughs> what? Are you laughing at me? Yep. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you um, don't know. Is my enthusiasm like waning at this that's point? That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting tired. Like, uh, how long has it been? 50 minutes of recording is exhausting. <laughs> I know. It's 58. Yep. <laughs> put put a form on your website link to it in your email signature share it on social media 
offer people a free resource for signing up for your mailing list, just a downloadable PDF. It's really easy. Um, or it could be an e- a guide or email, whatever, offer them a discount. Add your clients, family, and friends, um, but make sure that you're following spam legislation. So um, make sure that people are opting into your list. Um, now, one fun way that you can get around this in your um, with adding your clients is you can have it in your contract. So just let them know that you'll be adding them to um, to your mailing list. They can always unsubscribe from it later. Um, occasionally purge your list to remove people who are not opening your emails or engaging with them in any way just to keep your uh, mailing list ranking up and also to keep your subscriber numbers low. You don't want excess subscribers in there who, um, who are not doing you any good. Um, what to send them? Um, basically solve a problem for them. So so set expectations, send them newsletters with information, um, news, obviously, (laughs) send extra resources, different content. So maybe blog posts and let them know about promos and events. Um, Petro suggests that maybe you follow some other mailing lists. Um, he, and you said, other photographers, Petro, but I think people could probably learn a lot from following other types of mailing lists as well. So absolutely. And, and also learn from their mistakes. Yeah. If they're doing something that you don't like, like. This is stupid. Yeah. yeah, then just make sure you don't fall into the same trap. You know what? Um, I've noticed a couple times and, um, Ralph from web search social mentioned it a couple times. Um, there's a few mailing lists I've been on where, um, <clears throat> Um, they set up automated emails. So you sign up and they email you and they email you and they email you telling you about them and their services and why you should hire them. Don't do that. Yep. You should yep. be educating them and solving a problem, not just saying you should hire me. But basically what they would do is these automated emails would say, hire me, hire me, hire me, hire me. And if you continue to not hire them, then they go, well, I can see that you've lost interest. Um, can you tell me why? Don't do that. That is one thing that you can that you can learn <laughs> to not do. Um, yes, copy other other mailing lists. Don't plagiarize them. Um, <laughs> um, and make sure that you're using their name and talking to them in your brand voice. Um, so you're being consistent across all of your platforms and make sure that you're giving them something of value. All I got. My cat is going bananas. He's in the curtains again. Like, <laughs> like no fail when we record. Banana he's cat. in the curtains. He's like, I love it. I think he has his claws stuck in them right now. Probably. Because <laughs> he's on it. Oh God. <laughs> what are you doing? So uh, I shared a little chart with you, Sophia, uh, in Skype. And while you were speaking, I did a little Google search about Mailchimp alternatives. And um, this chart is broken up into a few categories, uh, category of pricing, uh, category of a, who offers a free plan, um, category of who offers the most templates and uh, whether or not they offer dynamic content and embedded signup forms, et cetera, et cetera. So cool. MailChimp offers 2,500 subscribers, yeah. apparently, according to this chart, and allows you to send out 12,000 emails per month. So that means if you have 2,500 subscribers, you can send them a, um, an email per week and still follow up with into a free plan. Another one that's actually quite popular is called Mad Mimi. Uh, Mad Mimi is something that a lot of photographers started using at the, at the very beginning. And I don't recall why. I think... Um, they were very photographer friendly with a lot of templates, um, but they only offer a hundred subscribers. Yeah, Constant Contact doesn't actually give you the choice to subscribe uh, to have free subscribers. I'm so pretty like they sure that to... they have a free. Plan. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. So I don't know about this chart, but <laughs> one thing one thing I would take away from this chart is that there's a lot of um, choices, and I've actually heard really good things about Send in Blue. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be the best value for the money. Yep. 
but you know so if you did have 40,000 subscribers and you needed to pay for them you know you have you have options yeah. but mailer uh campaign with a y fresh mail get response simply cast eye contact my mimi emma i've heard of all of these actually to tell you the truth so and there's even more so there's lots of alternatives um both sophia and i use mailchimp for a reason uh it works it works well and it has uh, some wicked analytics yeah. so and the, the fact is the learning curve is so small um like there, if you can fill out a form online you can use mailchimp so yeah that's about it um i guess that's time to end yeah. you can find our show notes on doubleexposure.show slash episode slash 28 again please join our Facebook community at uh, Double Exposure Show Group uh, please leave us a review on iTunes uh, doubleexposure.show slash iTunes where you can leave us a glowing five star review and we will mention your name on our next episode so get working thanks to benjamin Ed edward and ben sound for all the creative help that they've uh, contributed to and thank you for listening okay bye okay bye